You're listening to Comedy Central. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Daily Social Distancing Show. I'm Trevor Noah. Today is Wednesday, the 28th of October, which means if you live in Alabama or Tennessee, tomorrow is your last day to vote early. Because remember, voting isn't like a Waffle House. There are rules. Anyway, coming up on tonight's show, why trick-or-treating is so scary this year, Trump rallies are more dangerous than ever, and Ice Cube joins us on the show. So let's do this, people. Welcome to the Daily Social Distancing Show. From Trevor's couch in New York City to your couch somewhere in the world, this is the Daily Social Distancing Show with Trevor Noah. Ears edition. Okay, before we get to anything else, last night was the final game of the World Series. So we have to say congratulations to the Los Angeles Dodgers. This year belongs to the Dodgers. The Los Angeles Dodgers capturing their first World Series in 32 years with a 3-1 Game 6 win over the Tampa Bay Rays. The Dodgers ended their 32-year World Series title drought with a 3-1 Game 6 win over the Tampa Bay Rays in Texas last night. It was a fitting ending for one of the most turbulent seasons in league history. Congratulations, L.A. Your World Series drought is finally over. I mean, your actual droughts is only getting worse, but hey, one victory at a time. Now, obviously, because of corona, it's unlikely that there will be a parade. And let's be honest, even if there wasn't corona, with all the smoke from the wildfires, people in LA wouldn't be able to see the parade from the sidewalk anyway. Look, guys, it's Corey Seager! Congratul- Oh, no, it's a light pole! Congratulations, light pole! But for real, man, I think this is really great for Los Angeles, because the city really needs a boost right now. The pandemic has hit really hard. The wildfires have displaced hundreds of thousands of people. And not to mention, half the town just found out they weren't special enough to be invited to Kim K's private island birthday party. That's gotta hurt. It's actually kind of weird because with all these championships, if you're from LA, you'll have a very different memory of 2020 from everyone else. Think about it. You don't wanna win 2020. Yo, you guys remember what happened in 2020? You mean when everyone died and we were stuck indoors? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I was gonna talk about. And speaking of winning, you know how we've all been stressed about how the earth is gonna die and we won't have anywhere to live? Well, problem solved. For the first time, scientists have discovered water on the sunlit surface of the moon. NASA announced that water molecules were found in and around a crater. The space agency says that it could mean that there is water across the lunar surface. NASA previously found ice, but only in dark and cold areas near the moon's poles. Water on the moon's surface could lead to astronauts living on lunar bases in the future. Yes, people. The good news is that there might be water on the moon. The bad news is it's Dasani. But still, congratulations to NASA. Because I know moon water sounds like something goop would sell to clean your private parts, but this is actually a huge discovery because if it pans out, it means that we can launch space missions from the moon, which is much more efficient and NASA can finally have the wet spacesuit contest that it's always dreamed of. Plus, it means instead of filling a rocket with water, now astronauts will have space for more important fluids, like White Claw. Ain't no DUIs in space, baby. But I mean, I don't know why this was a surprise. I mean, it makes sense that the moon has water on it. Think about it. The Earth is what, 71% water? 
and the Earth and Moon are like best friends. Either way, if you ask me, I'm glad that they discovered this now, and I'm glad that they didn't discover moon water on the first landing, because man, it would have totally ruined the moment. This is one small step for man, one giant. God, I just got these boots. These are suede, you can't get them wet. Mother balls. This is one giant up for mankind. Moving on to someone who wishes they were on the moon right now. Keith Ranieri, the leader of the sex cult called Nexium. He was sentenced yesterday to 120 years in prison. And I hope that this is a lesson to any aspiring cult leaders out there. If you want people to give you their money and worship you, don't start a cult. Become an Instagram influencer or president. And speaking of Trump, he also had a bad day in court yesterday that ended not nice. A federal judge this morning rejected an effort by the Justice Department to have the U.S. government replace President Trump in a defamation lawsuit. The president is accused of defaming writer E. Jean Carroll after she wrote in a 2019 book that he raped her in the mid-1990s. He called her a liar, and she in turn filed a defamation suit. But the DOJ moved to have the U.S. government replace Trump as defendant, arguing that she was effectively suing a U.S. government employee for actions performed on the course of his job. A Manhattan federal judge didn't see it that way and thus rejected the argument. Yes! Thank you, federal judge. This makes perfect sense. Just because you're president, it doesn't mean that everything you do is officially part of the presidency. I mean, if that was true, I would run for president just so I could get into bar fights. What did you say about my mama? Uh-uh-uh. What did the United States say about your mama? Also, in Trump's defense, he has to use the Department of Justice like this. I mean, the man can't find a good lawyer no matter how much he tries. One of his lawyers went to jail and then turned against him, and the other one, well, he's too busy standing in people's yards for Halloween. But rape allegations aren't Trump's only problem because the election is only a week away. And so he's spending every day on the campaign trail trying to convince voters to replace whoever is destroying this country with him. And by the way, if you're planning to attend one of those big Trump campaign rallies, well, maybe bring an extra coat. After President Trump's final rally of the day in Omaha, Nebraska, thousands of his supporters got stranded in freezing cold temperatures. There was a shortage of buses to transport people from the rally at the TAC Air hangar to parking lots on the opposite side of Epley Airfield, nearly a four-mile walk. Omaha Police Department officers helped assist stranded rallygoers to help them find their vehicles. Omaha scanners reported 30 patient contacts and seven patient transports to the hospital. These are people, of course, struggling with the 30-degree temperatures. The rally concluded around 9 p.m., but the event site was not cleared until 12.30 a.m. I swear, guys, every day, there's another way that you can die from going to a Trump rally. First, you could get corona. Now you can get hypothermia. By the end of the weekend, Trump is just gonna be tossing snakes out into the crowd. Free cobras, everybody. Free cobras and anacondas. You won't get that from Sleepy Joe. Take that, mama. It bites. But I guess this is a classic Donald Trump move, leaving his supporters stranded out in the cold. We're gonna bring back manufacturing. Bye. Now, while Trump has chosen coronavirus as his wingman, Joe Biden is going with his former boss, Barack Obama. 
The two of them have been going around the country holding separate rallies. And one thing that's become crystal clear is that one of these guys is trying to get the job and the other one is retired and living the life. What's his closing argument? That people are too focused on COVID. He said this at one of his rallies. COVID, 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 he's complaining. He's jealous of COVID's media coverage. Many of those lives lost in the cruelest way possible. Alone. Alone. Alone in a hospital room. Alone in a nursing home. No family. No friends. If we were focused on COVID now, the White House wouldn't be having its second outbreak in a month. The White House. He's turned the White House into a hot zone. We see the empty storefronts and the shuttered businesses. The visible signs of lost hopes and broken dreams. I will say that I miss kissing babies during pandemic. I can't do it, but look at that little bundle right there. Brand new. It's got the new baby smell. The longest walk any parent can make up a short flight of stairs to his children's bedroom to tell a child you can't play in that little league team anymore. You know, this is so hilarious to see how roles have been reversed because you remember that when Obama was president, Joe Biden was the guy who got to have fun, you know, while Obama was giving the somber speeches. Now Obama's out here doing rap battles while Biden is writing Hallmark cards. In fact, the difference between Biden and Obama is basically the difference between white church and black church. This is all I experienced growing up. Yeah, because Obama makes you say, amen, and Biden makes you say, amen. Watching Obama in that speech also reminds us of how much delivery of a speech actually affects the message. Because when Obama says, I wanna kiss that baby, we're like, yeah, kiss that baby, Barry. But if Trump was like, I wanna kiss that little baby, we'd be like, yo, yo, we need to get this baby out of here, man. I don't trust this guy. And I don't know about you, but sometimes these rallies feel like when you fall in love with someone, but they're trying to set you up with their best friend. Uh, well, hey girl, how you doing? Hey, Barry. Are you free on a uh, Friday night? I sure am. Well, uh, I want you to go out with my friend Joe. He's a good guy, you're gonna like him. Okay, but I'm only taking one for democracy. All right, when we come back, we talk about how people are making Halloween work during Corona. And don't forget, Ice Cube is joining us on the show. So stick around. Welcome back to the Daily Social Distancing Show. Let's talk about Halloween. You know, it's when the whole neighborhood pays child support with Kit Kats. But with the pandemic here, we're treating it a bit differently. Let's find out how differently in our special segment, Halloween in a Time of Corona. When you think about it, Halloween is the exact opposite of social distancing. You go to as many strangers' houses as possible and ask them for stuff that they've touched. Plus, the saliva everywhere from when the people eat candy corn. Oh boy, candy corn! <laughs> oh, I forgot how much this shit sucks. Ugh. But whatever the reason, this year, many cities are doing away with Halloween completely. Will Halloween be canceled? 2020 being the worst year ever, there's new concern about the treasured holiday due to the pandemic. Health officials in LA announced that door-to-door trick-or-treating is banned this year. Also banned, haunted houses and large gatherings. New York's classic parade that draws a million people to Greenwich Village every year, canceled. Chicago's too, Atlanta went virtual. 
In a town famous for witch trials and Halloween celebrations, the scariest thing in Salem, Massachusetts this year, the tourists. The mayor is telling sightseers to stay home. And in Richmond. Trick-or-treating is not canceled. However, my best recommendation is that we stay home. Yes, it turns out Halloween events are getting canceled all across the U.S. because if these cities actually held these events, somebody could die. No, but for real though, someone could die because of corona, like someone could actually die. I gotta get my lights fixed. Why do they always do this? And if you ask me, canceling trick or treating is ridiculous. So what? Now I'm just supposed to sit at home alone in my Superman costume, eating a bucket of my own candy? How's that gonna be different from all the other nights of the year? Halloween is supposed to be special. The good news is that just because there's a pandemic, that doesn't mean Halloween has to be canceled. And all across America, people are finding ways to keep the scares coming without the virus tagging along. The CDC labeling traditional trick-or-treating this Halloween as a high-risk activity. But parents are coming up with ways to keep Halloween safe. A Virginia couple found a unique way to handle a socially distanced Halloween. Look at that. They came up with the idea of a candy slide. Some neighbors are getting creative. One designed a candy shoot, another a pulley system to deliver candy from the porch to the street. Some folks are going high-tech dispensing candy from a drone. <laughs> Meanwhile, some haunted houses in the area are back open and adapting amid the pandemic. There's no touching. Most of our jump scares are done at a distance. Rooms are designed to keep actors six feet from visitors. They require the actors to speak as little as possible to prevent the spread of droplets. Okay, can I just say, I am glad that those haunted houses can stay open because this is the one year where it's safer inside a haunted house than outside. Oh, I'm a ghost. Yeah, bitch, and there's white supremacists outside. I'm staying here with you. And you know, it's so amazing how inventive Americans become when candy is at stake. All it took was the possibility of a few kids not getting candy and half of suburbia turned into Elon Musk. I'd actually like to see those drones. Yeah, the military should use those. You know, you'd be at a wedding in the Middle East like, oh no, a drone, ah, wait. It's dropping candy. Yeah! It's dropping candy. Look, everybody. It's candy. It's candy corn. It's candy corn. Death to America! Now, of course, the most important part of Halloween is dressing up. And far from stopping people, the pandemic is actually inspiring. Several retailers are cashing in on timely Halloween costumes inspired by items that became important during the pandemic. Of course, one of the most popular items, toilet paper roll, also has a disinfectant wipe costume. Uh, check out this incredible creation from one dad. It's a monster Zoom call. You know those face shields you see medical workers wearing? Well, one company is turning those into Halloween masks for kids. Boo! <laughs> I'm Frankenstein. You want to dress up as hand sanitizer? How about sexy hand sanitizer? Yandy, selling this racy mail-in ballot costume that comes complete with I voted pasties. Wait, hold up. Someone is planning to be a sexy mail-in ballot this weekend? What are you doing? If you're a sexy mail-in ballot, you should have been in the mail by yesterday. You realize what you've done, you're too late. Now you gotta go to a sexy drop-off box. Well, you better sexy wait in line for three hours. And look, I get dressing up as paper towels or hand sanitizer, but please people, whatever you do, 
do not dress up as a doctor or a nurse this year. Because sexy nurse or not, your ass is gonna get put to work quick. Wait, no, I'm just a sexy nurse, I'm not real. I don't give a shit. Get this man on a ventilator and inject him with some bleach, stat! Bleach? But that doesn't work. Look, dude, I just dressed as a sexy hospital administrator. I'm as confused as you. All right, we have to take a quick break, but don't go away because when we come back, Roy Wood Jr. continues his countdown of Donald Trump's top 100 scandals. And Ice Cube is joining us on the show. So stick around. Welcome back to the Daily Social Distancing Show. As you know, we have been counting down Donald Trump's 100 most tremendous scandals. So here's part three with Roy Wood Jr. Even before he became president, Donald Trump was no stranger to scandal. Sometimes to kill tabloid stories, he would call reporters pretending to be his own publicist. Imagine trying to fool someone over the phone if you're Donald Trump. You think your voice sounds like Adele? But while a celebrity businessman might be able to get the media to go along with him, it's a lot harder if you're president. Over the last four years, the fake news media has exposed hundreds of scandals coming out of the Trump administration, and none of it's made a bit of a damn difference. But hey, let's continue to count them down. These are Donald Trump's 100 most tremendous scandals. President Trump says he's trying to find out more about the whistleblower. He paid just $750 in federal income tax. Firing Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman and Gordon Sondland. Why don't they go back and help fix the totally broken and crime-infested places from which they came? Why are we having all these people from shithole countries come here? Little Rocket Man. Tried to manipulate the count by adding a citizenship question to the census form. Indicted or convicted six of the president's associates. Advised staff members at the Natural Resources Conservation Service to avoid saying the term climate change. Syria also has a relationship with the Kurds, who, by the way, are no angels, okay? Get that son of a bitch off the field. He's fired! Person, woman, man, camera, TV. Secret Chinese bank account called American soldiers who died in war, suckers and losers. Executive time in the Oval Office every day. Illegally mismanaging his charitable foundation. Taking intelligence given to the U.S. by an ally, sharing it with an adversary in the Oval Office. Despite the constant negative press, Kofifi. Questionable commutations and or pardons. Hush money payments made to porn star Stormy Daniels and Playboy model Karen McDougal. Two Iraqis came here to this country mm. were radicalized, and there were the master, masterminds behind the Bowling Green Massacre. A full-throated Trump endorsement of accused child molester Roy Moore. Russia offered a bounty to Taliban fighters to kill U.S. troops in Afghanistan. How did you get home? I don't remember. How'd you get there? I don't remember. Where is the place? I don't remember. How many years ago was it? I don't know. God damn. Just feel like I took an all-inclusive vacation to Scandals Beach Resort. Scandals? And that brings us to our final scandal of the evening, coming in at number 26. It involves tiki torches, the KKK, and a golf cart you wouldn't want to be stuck behind on the ninth hole. Donald Trump is famous for being quick with an insult. He's going like, I don't remember. He's insulted reporters. I'm the president and you're fake news. Senators. This Elizabeth Warren, I call her goofy. Crying Chuck Schumer, crying Chuck. 
bunch of losers. And even voters to their face. How stupid are the people of Iowa? But there's one group he's been strangely reluctant to insult. White supremacists. The moment that's jolted the Republican Party, Trump's response to receiving the support of former Ku Klux Klan Grand Wizard David Duke. I don't know, honestly, I don't know David Duke. I don't believe I've ever met him. I'm pretty sure I didn't meet him, and I just don't know anything about him. That's right. Donald Trump launched his 2016 campaign by going full Mariah on David Duke. I don't know her. Oh, please. David Duke is the Betty White of racism. He's been in the game forever, and everyone knows who he is. Saying you hate David Duke is literally the easiest thing in the world. Even his plastic surgeon hates him. Once Trump took office, racists everywhere rejoiced. Hate crime skyrocketed, and white supremacists rallied around Trump as their new icon. Hail Trump! Hail our people! I mean, who wouldn't look at this guy and see master race? Then, in August 2017, white supremacists threw themselves a terror parade in Charlottesville, Virginia, that ended in the murder of an anti-fascist counter-protester. And Donald Trump, once again, found it hard to condemn the bad guys. I think there's blame on both sides. You had some very bad people in that group, but you also had people that were very fine people on both sides. That's right. In a fight between racists and anti-racists, Trump said there were very fine people on both sides. Amazing. It's like donating to Kanye's presidential campaign and Taylor Swift's. Sometimes, Trump doesn't even wait to be asked about white supremacists. He just finds them himself on Twitter, retweeting accounts like White Genocide TM. Good thing they trademarked that. It could have been stolen by some men's hair dye. This summer, Trump even retweeted a video of his supporters yelling, White Power. It's the retweets that get you in trouble. You don't get a bigger honor from the president than that. It goes retweet, pardon, Medal of Freedom. But no matter how much Trump makes it clear that he's on the same page with white supremacists, people keep giving him the chance just one more time to finally denounce them once and for all. But are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists? Sure, are you I'm prepared to, to do specifically that, but do it? But I, go would ahead, say, I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing, not from the right so wing. Then do it, sir. Say I'm, it. Do it. Say it. Do you want to call him? What do you want to call them? Give me a name. Give me a white name. Supremacists and right like me to condemn? White Proud supremacists boys. and right Proud Proud boys. boys, stand back and stand by. Okay, stand back and stand by. That's the worst way to ever condemn something. It's like breaking up with someone and then texting them TTYL. Seriously, Donald Trump struggles so hard to do something so simple. It's like he's trying to walk down a ramp or walk downstairs or hold his wife's hand. Of all Donald Trump's scandals, supporting white supremacists should have been the easiest to avoid. I mean, what could possibly explain why he keeps stumbling into situations where racists and Nazis think they have his support? Hmm. I guess we'll never know. Poor guy got tongue-tied trying to denounce racists. It's really sad. That's all the time we have for tonight. But join us next time as we explore the world of caravans, kids in cages, and a very persistent cough as we continue to count down Donald Trump's 100 most tremendous scandals. Thank you so much for that, Roy. All right, when we come back, I'll talk to the man himself, Ice Cube. You don't want to miss it. Welcome back to The Daily Social Distancing Show. 
Earlier today, I spoke with rapper, actor, and activist Ice Cube. We talked about his contract with Black America plan, which calls for reforms to close the opportunity and wealth gap in the United States. Check it out. Welcome, welcome to the Daily Social Distancing Show, man. It's good to have you on. And I'm not gonna waste any time. Let's, let's jump straight into it. You know, you made news because you unveiled uh, what you call the contract with Black America. And before we get into like the whole Donald Trump of everything and just how the news spiraled, I just wanted to talk to you about the contract. It's a 13 part plan that was inspired by many of the things that happened during 2020, but really the journey that black Americans have been on. What is this 13 plan for America? Well, I mean, it's actually more than that. You know, we have a 22 page plan. We had 13 pretty much bullet points that we wanted to try to get, you know, senators and Congress people and, and people to just to kind of agree to and, and hopefully sign. Yeah. Um, and, and so we were more or less pushing an abbreviated version of, of, of concepts. Um, but the contract is, is thorough and is growing. Uh, we, we, we're going to add a section on sports. We're going to add a section on women, black women. Um, so we're, we're growing the, the contract, you know, uh, daily. So the 13 points were just common sense things, you know, things uh, that can, you know, hopefully, you know, open up the wealth gap. Everybody's been really putting a lot of energy into police brutality. Right. So we wanted to put energy into economics because we believe, you know, economics can solve uh, some of our problems, not all of our problems, but, you know, you have 13% of the people fighting for basically half a percentage point of wealth. So that causes a lot of problems in itself. You know, you can imagine 13 people trying to share half a plate of food. Right. You know, it, it, it'll go down. You've always been someone who's been outspoken, but this year it feels like something something changed in you. It, it feels like you became a little angry. It feels like you became a little more, um, like there was a catalyst that, 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 that pushed you. What, 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 do you. what do you think that was? Was it one thing or was it just the moment in time becoming so big? You know, I've always been an artist that believe in um, pushing the envelope, you know, sometimes being a little disruptive uh, to, you know, make sure, you know, things are heard like they're supposed to be. But the situation with uh, George Floyd, the murder of George Floyd, was something that I just couldn't let slide. Um, and I felt like when I look around, it's it's our turn. You know, it's, it's my generation turn to try to make some of these social um, things happen for our people and try to push... Um, you know, all the pressure points available to make something dramatic and and big and impactful happen for our people here. That's really what sparked me on this quest to, you know, create the contract with Black America, promote the contract with Black America. You know, it's dealing with not only the government, but uh, the private industries, because I think they've worked together to keep us down. So, you know, there's enough blame to go around and we just want people to fess up, own up and pay up. Um, 
this is our money. We're not asking for other people's money. This is our money that, you know, our ancestors earned in a lot of ways. We're continue to earn this money and we're, you know, we continue to pay taxes and, and still not get any of the programs, you know, from the Homestead Act to the GI Bill to, you know, you know, the PP loan, PPP loans, right, right, um, right. you know, all these things that are in place to help average Americans. Most of the time we're shut out, cut out or basically disrespected and cheated. So, um, you know, I just think it's a debt that the country owe and that the country has to pay up because the country is coming apart at the seams. If they want to stop it, they'll they'll stop this unfair treatment of of uh, black people here in America. You know, it's um, interesting that, that you say that because this was the year when some people were awakened. Many people knew this was happening, but this was the year when, when en masse, I would say, many Americans said, okay, we see that there's a, there's a deep problem here. We have to try and fix it. It was surprising to me when I woke up and I, I read a news article that said, Ice Cube supporting Trump. And I was like, and I, I always know a headline doesn't tell a full story. I clicked on the story, I read through it. It seemed messy. But I know you were, you were trying to speak to multiple politicians. And then the only story that came out was Ice Cube is now a Trump supporter. And he says, Trump is good for black people and Biden and Kamala aren't. From your perspective, what happened? Well, I mean, I never said that. You know, I put out a plan. Uh, both campaigns uh, wanted to talk to me about it. And, you know, I was eager to talk to both campaigns. You know, I'm done playing this politic game, um, joining sides. Uh, to me, that that doesn't get the job done. You know, what gets, what gets the job done is to, um, you know, try to make a deal with whoever's in power. And hopefully they see uh, what, what we're going through. Um, now, we don't know who's going to win. And so, you know, the fact that we don't know that is the reason why I felt like we need to meet with both sides. People get mad because they pick their sides. People get mad because they have their perks or whatever they're going to get from each party. And they want me to pick a side. And they're upset because I haven't. But if I pick the side, um, I don't think, um, you know, talking about the issues of the black community would still be on the tongues of and on the minds and on the consciousness of both of these campaigns. You know, I think, you know, everybody knows that um, both of these campaigns are going after white women voters uh, at this point in time. So um, I think we would have been just kind of, you know, uh, put in, in the back pocket. So Right, like an, off, like an afterthought, I hear you. I want to keep our issues, you know, top of mind and at the forefront of everybody. Right. And so, you know, it's, it's politics. You know, the Trump campaign put out those headlines, but you know, you got both sides putting out headlines. You got, you got celebrities on both sides uh, with headlines. You know, campaigns try to use political footballs in any way they can. Uh, mm -hmm. At the end of the day, American people smarter than that. You know, American people going to look at all the facts and go and vote for the person they believe 
can win and uh, do a better job. So, were you were you worried at all though, as as Ice Cube, that Trump and his people would would try and play it like you are supporting them? Were you worried at all? I mean, once like Don Jr. started Mac, you know, putting up a picture of you wearing a MAGA hat, and they try to make it seem like, yeah, Ice Cube is our guy, as opposed to Ice Cube is a black man who's coming here with a plan for black people. Well, I mean, I knew whoever did and tried to use me like that would be, um, you know, mistaken, because I was going to come out and tell the real. I'm going to always speak the truth, and that's the problem. You know, I, I understand the game. You know, I, I don't mind, you know, people taking shots at me because I talk to both sides of the aisle. But I always believe this, um, you know, is a is a is a nonpartisan issue. You know, I've been saying bipartisan, but it's it's really a nonpartisan issue. No matter right. what side of the fence you on, it's time for both sides to come together and solve this problem. You've always been somebody who, who's about bringing people together, you know? You, you, you've, you've spoken your mind in your music. You've got fans from all walks of life. And I know a lot of people were shaken and, and, and disappointed when earlier this year you had a few tweets that came out that were anti-Semitic conspiracy theories. And I know maybe from my life growing up in South Africa, but I've seen a similarity in America where a lot of people feel like the Jewish community and the black community are natural allies in some experiences that we've shared. And you know, you came out afterwards and said, hey man, I was, I was misguided and misinformed. What, do you, what have you learned since that experience? I mean, I, I never said I was misguided and misinformed. I just thought, you know, it was, I was being clumped in with other people. You know, I, I put up a piece of art that that pained me for for my reasons, and then I realized it pained other people for for their reasons. And so, um, you know, that's what art does. You know, art provokes thought. You know, being an artist, that's what you know. I dream to do is provoke thought, provoke people to 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 see a different version of reality. To, to, to understand um, that, you know, things can come at many different angles or different right. perspectives. You know, all I want is fairness and justice, and I'm going to speak truth wherever I, wherever I see it or believe it. And so, you know, it was unfortunate that, that some people took, it, took me as, you know, an uh, uh, anti-Semitic person, but um, I think there's just too much history to show that I'm not. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate the work that you're putting in. And uh, to your point, um, regardless of who wins, I hope that black people win on the other side of the election because then that's equality and justice for everyone. So thank you for taking the time, Ice Cube. Thanks, Trevor. Hey, you know, if no matter who wins, it's all about trying to make this country better. Um, and that's what we, we need to do. And we need to solve this problem and, uh, and make this country uh, better than it is today. I appreciate you, my dude, for real. Yeah, yeah, shout out. Well, that's our show for tonight. But before we go, I wanted to remind you that we are partnering with World Central Kitchen for their new Chefs for the Poles program. What they're doing is getting local food trucks, restaurants, and caterers that are owned and operated primarily by people of color to serve food to people who are waiting in line to vote. And they're doing this, especially in underserved communities where the voting lines are historically longer. Until tomorrow, Stay safe out there, wear a mask, and remember, kids, you can't be too safe with Halloween this year, so be sure to wipe down all your candy and then send it to me.
The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.